Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 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 Oh, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We lift up the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you, God, for all good things. We thank you for who you are. Good morning. Hey, y'all. It's been one of them mornings. How y'all doing? Good morning. Mm. Ooh, the coffee good. Y'all come on in. Do me a favor. Start sharing the devotional. Somebody, um, somebody needs to see it. Somebody needs to hear it. Somebody needs to know how much God loves them. Somebody needs to know that God is with them. Somebody needs to know that God is for them. My God. Somebody needs to know that God will never leave them or forsake them. Somebody needs to know that they are not stuck in the position that they see themselves now. Come on, y'all. Oh, my God. Somebody needs to know that they can overcome. Somebody, ooh, come on. Somebody needs to know that they can overcome. Somebody needs to know that they have already overcame. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Somebody needs to know that they have already overcame. Somebody needs to know that the blood of Jesus is already working on their behalf. Somebody needs to know, can you say that? Can you put that in the comments today? I've overcome. Woo! Not I will overcome. Can you put it in the comments today that I have overcome? Come, I've already overcome whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation is, whatever the lie. Y'all, I'm trying not to beat the table. I'll scare Lex here here with me. Whatever the lie is, whatever the devil told you, whatever. Um, can I tell you something? Whatever your false beginnings told you, you know, things that happened in your life that said to you, uh, you'll never be more than I'm not gonna beat beat for me, Keija. <laughs> the things that have happened in your life that have said that you wouldn't make it this far, the things that happened in your life that I remember. Can I tell you something? I, and I mean, I'm not gonna put the person on blast, but I'm gonna tell you how detrimental it, the situation was to me. Someone that I trusted, uh, someone that was a sound voice in my life, someone that was a voice of reason, uh, someone that was a credibility source. And when I say credibility source, credibility sources are like. Uh, parents, grandparents, teachers, those of authority that we have trusted, right? Um, one time there was a credibility source in my life and my life just didn't necessarily look like uh, what my life probably should have looked at that time. But um, I've always loved the Lord and things were working for my good, even though it looked like they weren't working for my good. And I remember there was a credibility source in my life, Shanquita, that set me down and said to me, no man is ever going to want to marry you. I'm just being, I'm just telling you, this is before I married Jermaine. I had had uh, my first son, he was born, he was born like a single mom. It was a situation in college then. Uh, five years later, I had my second son. I was not married. He was born a single situation. And I sat at the table from a source across the table from what seemed to be a, a source of credibility. Woo! Come on. 
Like, see, them credibility sources will mess your head up. Them credibility sources will uh, shift your mindset. Them credibility sources will make you think you are supposed to live from a limited perspective. Anybody ever had a source of credibility say something to them that shook their foundation, um, that may, as a matter of fact, close their eyes, didn't open their eyes. Come back, let's close their eyes, made them feel a certain way. Uh, made them feel like you had to live from a limited perspective. And so I was sitting across from my credibility source. I parted a little hard in that day. I lived a little different in that day. I walked a little different in that day. And the credibility source sat, a, sat across from me and said, you know, no man is ever going to want to marry you. <laughs> no, no man is ever going to want to marry you. No man is ever going to want to be with you. And I remember when those words, that's why what the words that are spoken, right? But I told you, you can overcome. It's what you say to yourself that means way more than what somebody else says to you. And I have always been one of those that when you tell me I cannot do something, when you tell, see, I don't have, I, I don't have a lay down mentality in me. I got a tenacious, I got a bulldog kind of fight, Quita. I got, if you come at me with something, I'm going to swing back harder. So when my credibility sort of set a side cross for me and said, I don't think it, it hurt for a second. It bruised for a second. It tapped something, Tori, in my inside for just a second. It did something. And I just, simply said, Yara, I'm not accepting this to be my truth. It hurt. It stung for a minute. It looked like it could potentially be my story, but I did, was determined to not let those words empower the rest of my life. Someone has said something to you, or perhaps you have said something to yourself in which you have allowed words cliche in which you have allowed words to determine the trajectory of what you're going to follow, of what you're going to happen, have happened for you. And I had to make a concrete conscious decision that the credibility source, the person that has spoke these words over me, the, the person that has said these things to me, that their words were not going to be the final say so. Well, what happens when you're the credibility source? What happens when you're the one that's been speaking the words? What happens when you've been repeating over and over and over again that this is your truth, that this is your story? Remember this week, the Lord has been dealing with us about being in a transition, that we are transitioning from one space. Y'all better hold on today because I feel the power of it. We are transitioning from one position to the next position, right? What happens when your own word Words have caused you to have trust issues? What happens when your own words on repeat have left you in a limited perspective? And because you have you, you have utilized it daily, like as language, right? I'm in pain. Are you really in pain? Or have you chose to be in pain? And I'm not talking about physical pain. I'm talking about emotional pain. Um, I'm stressed out. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, Angela, and she was simply saying to me, tomorrow is going to be a long day. And I challenged her. I said, what does that mean for you that tomorrow is going to be a long day? Just because it's going to be a long day doesn't mean it's going to be a good day. You get to determine how your day goes. But when we become our own credibility source, I'm talking about how we talk to ourselves, what we meditate on, what we say about ourselves, what we say about our situation. I told you my 13-year-old my and I 
have been in some transitions and God gave me the strategy to be quiet, Avery. And when he told me to be quiet, that his grace was sufficient enough in the situation, I had to hold on to something that I had not held on before. But instead, Felicia, of me saying that my teenager was rebellious or he is being hard or he is being like the enemy. At one time I spoke something to him and he said, I said, uh, I said, you just going to let the devil use you. And he said, mama, I ain't trying to let the devil use me. And it did something in the inside of me. So instead of me projecting my fears, instead of me projecting a sound, instead of me acting in my old ways, I have to I had to ship my perspective. And so when I started dealing with trying to balance out and tell the story of what was going on around us, I just said, he's acting very teenagey right now. Like he's acting very teenagey because I didn't want to assign a level to the circumstance or the situation that could potentially echo in his ears and cause him to continue to go down a path. And I remember one of my sisters sent a word and said to me, I'm trying to slow down y'all, but I feel a breaking. I feel a tearing up in the spirit. I feel God is doing tangibly something on the inside of us that if we allow the resurrection power, the same resurrection power that's in Jesus Christ to rest on us today, it will shift our perspective about how we see ourselves. Some of you have seen yourself, and I'm not talking about a humility position. You have seen yourself from such a lowly position that you you can't even hear what God says. You, you have seen yourself from a low posi lowly position that you can't even see how God sees you. You have seen yourself from such a lowly position that you act as if the blood does not reach reach down deep and rewrite your story and bring you into the fullness of who God called you to be. You have seen yourself from such a lowly position that you accepted the script that was written from you that was not even a script that was written for you by God. And even though all things are working together for the good of those that love the Lord, you don't have to continue to sit in this lowly position as if you are not worthy, as if you cannot have it, as if you are not capable, as if God is not working for you. If God is for you, then who can be against you? You don't have to lay down and die. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to lay down and accept what's happening to you as the final outcome. You do not have to accept anything that is not true. You, you don't have to accept that you don't have to accept anything that is not true. My God, the thoughts that you are having, come on, y'all rock with me for a second this morning. The thoughts that you are having are not yours anyway. Woo! Come on, let me show you the mind of Christ. Oh my God, let me show you the mind of Christ. The, the thoughts that you are not having are not yours anyway. Those, th those thoughts are not pure. Those, th those thoughts are not lovely. Those thoughts are not good report. When we have the mind of Christ, that's one of the things that I'm always, I'm like, Lord, let my mind be the mind of Christ, right? When we have the mind of Christ, we understand God's plan to the world to bring himself glory, to restore creation to the original splendor, my God, and to provide salvation for mankind. What that means, right? And people are trying to tell you, Jeremiah 29 11, it wasn't written for you. It was written for the Israelites. Well, it was written to encourage me because it tells me in the book of Timothy that all scripture is breathed by God. And it tells me in the book that scripture is sent for correction. Scripture is sent, come on, y'all, for to build you up, to strengthen you, to bring you back into the truth of who God called you to be. And so when I have the mind of Christ, I understand that God's 
plan in the world, Julia, is to bring glory to himself. And he cannot bring glory to himself if I'm still wearing my grave clothes. And he cannot bring glory to himself if my situation doesn't change. And he cannot bring glory to himself if he does not improve that he can do the impossible. And he cannot bring glory to himself if I'm stuck in a circumstance and a situation that doesn't exemplify or look like or have his glory. So when I have the mind of Christ, come on, y'all. What I have the mind of Christ, it means I understand who my God is. It means I understand God's plan for me. It means I understand that even if I am in a season where it looks like the storm don't cease, where it looks like the winds and the waves don't obey, obey his will, I promise you that he is walking with me through the storm. And he is probably more of a shield and a protector that I realized the storm may be present, but he didn't allow the storm to take me out. As a matter of fact, what the storm was doing, Rosalind, was it was building me. As a matter of fact, what the storm was doing, it was teaching me. As a matter of fact, Lakeisha, what the storm was doing was proofing me. And was, as a matter of fact, what the storm was doing was strengthening me. Woo! But the Lord didn't cause me to live a life, come on now, that was not going to bring him glory. 1 Corinthians 2, 16, it is no longer us who live. Woo! Come on. My God, you got to see yourself as a new creation. You got to see yourself made in his image. You got to see yourself. Can I speak to you in current terms? You got to see yourself rebranded. You got to see yourself remarketed. You got to see something different. First Corinthians 2, 16, it says, it's no longer us who live. Woo! See, that's why when people be like, oh, you know, like, why do you believe in love and live and thank God the way you do? Because I know that Jesus is real because my new mindset allows me to live and think differently other than I've ever, ever thought before. First Corinthians 2 16 says it is no longer us who live. Woo! I, I'm glad I don't live anymore. I'm glad the old me isn't alive. The old me was too pessimistic. The old me was too negative. The old me seen, saw from a limited spaces, but the new me that Jesus in me that's connected to God through my spirit, that me looks different. That me responds different. That me hears different. That me is able to come above my trauma. Come on now. That me is be able to live above the pain of my experiences. So 1 Corinthians 2, 16 says, it's no longer us who live. <laughs> Woo! Can you type this in the comments? Welcome to new me. Welcome the new me. Come on, y'all. You got to hear this this morning. The word is breaking. The word is doing something. The word is restoring. The word is reverberating. Come on, come be re revitalizing us. It says it's no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us. The life we now live. This is not the life you going to live, Janice. This is the life you are going to live. This is the life you're living now. And perhaps your thought process to the old you, the commitment. Woo! The commitment to the old you. Woo! The commitment to see you've been committed to an old you. Woo! You've been committed to an old framework. You've been a committed to. You've been so committed to the failure part of your story. You never thought in terms. I'm finna run. You never thought in terms of success. You've been so committed to what didn't work. You didn't never thought in the possibility of what could happen. Woo! You you've been so committed to to the divorce and the story and the pain that was in the divorce that you're not even seeking out the life 
that can happen and the life more abundantly, Angela. You've been so committed, come on now, to the pain of the past and the yesteryear that you love to tell the story again and again, that you're not even dreaming about the new you, that you're not even dreaming about the restored you, that you're not even dreaming about the healed you, that you're not even dreaming about uh, new beginnings and fresh starts. So it says 1 Corinthians 2.16. Come on, y'all rock with me this morning. It's no longer us who lives. Welcome to the new me. Come on. Welcome to the new me. It is no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives in us. The life we now live, we live in the flesh by faith. And the son of God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That's when you should start. Thank you, Jesus. The son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. His life is our life. We are united with Jesus which means we have his mind. The mind of God is far more powerful than the human mind. It's not an intellectual mind. It's not a physical mind. Come on now. This is a spiritual mind. This is a sense and knowing that God is always with me. This is a sense and knowing that God is God loves me. This is a sense in knowing that I was made to overcome. This is a sense in knowing that I can live in victory. This is a sense in knowing that Christ empowers me. This is a sense in knowing that sin will not overtake me. This is a sense in knowing that grace is available for me. This is a sense in knowing that there is a plan and a a book's written about me. There is a sense in knowing that what it is impossible with man, that it is impossible with God. This is a sense in knowing that the blood that was shed was really for me. This is not a sense in knowing that I walk around as an illegitimate child. This is me understanding my my rights. Let me me tell you something. When my mother, when my mother, come on now, when my mother uh, was CEO over six mental institutions and she walked in her office and she lived in our office and my mother was just very good at what she did. And she did mental health for years. And every time I would show up, (laughs) let me tell you how I know I belong to Jamie. Let me tell you how I know I belong to Derek. I was never rude. I was never ugly. But a couple things happened. One, when I pulled up to the front of my mother's building, I always parked in the front slide as if I belonged there. (laughs) I, I never even parked in the regular parking spot. I would just pull up to the building and park my car. And then I would get out, I, I would get out the car, I would speak to our secretary at the desk, and then I would I wouldn't wait on the I didn't wait on them to give me permission to go have access to my mother. I knew I belonged to Janie. I knew I was Janie's daughter. So I didn't sit and wait on them to give me access. I didn't sit and wait on her to give me permission to go see my mother. So when I walk in the room, I don't care if my mama was in a meeting. I don't care if my mama had something going on. I would just knock on the door, walk in. One day my mother said, man, you just walk in here. I said, I walk in here like I belong to the CEO of the building. (laughs) I I walk in here like I belong to the COO of the building. That's my mama. And because that's my mama, I get rights and passages and privileges and other things that 
other people not may may not understand. Well, because God is your father. <laughs> because God, see, that's why when I walk in a room now, people are like, you walk in the room like you belong here. I, wherever my feet go, I'm blessed. <laughs> wherever I show up, I'm supposed to be. I, I don't have no, I used to live in an insecure mind when I walked in new spaces because I didn't understand whose I was and who I am. And now when I walk in rooms, it's not so much as I own the room, but I know who I am. <laughs> so when I walk in the room and it looks like I'm possessing the environment around me, it's because the Lord has already told me he goes before me. It's because the Lord has already told me he is my rear guard. Yes, Shania, it's my birthright. <laughs> and when you understand your birthright, when you understand your birthright and you understand you have the mind of Christ and you know who you are, then you redirect your mind and show up on the scene as if you possess not my God, not things, not buildings, not people, but as if you possess the kingdom inside of you. So I, didn't, I never walked in my mother's office asking them for permission for to my mama. That's my mama. That's who I belong to. This is your God. This is who you belong to. And I didn't always live like, Hazel, maybe you did. I didn't always live like that. I didn't have that level of self-esteem. I didn't have that mindset. I didn't know who I was. I was intimidated by the past. My story was telling a story, even though I didn't even live in that circumstance of the situation. So I had to renew my mind in my righteousness. I had to recognize, come on, y'all, the self-defeating thoughts, the self-focused thoughts. I had self-defeating and self-focused thoughts woo, that were not a God-focused mindset. God is not ever talking to me in terms that will not bring him glory. God is not ever talking to me in terms, Nicole, that does not bring him glory. God is not ever talking to me in terms that bring him defeat. Conviction comes with an alternative. Conviction comes with a reroute. Condemnation beats you up, tells you lies, pulls you down, makes you feel defeated. My God, condemnation. So I had to learn how to replace my self-focused and self-defeating thoughts with thoughts that sounded like God, thoughts sound, and it is so hard. Remember I told y'all at the beginning, when sources of credibility have beat you up, even with the word of God, I used to be there. Even with the word of God, I used to be that person. I didn't understand that the grace of Jesus Christ can transform and change any situation. So I had to replace my self-focused thinking with a God-focused mindset. Who does God say I am? What does God say about me? How much does God love me? How does God think towards me? How does God feel about me? I had to release myself and replace those thoughts because I'm, can I, can I tell y'all something? There's a scripture that says this. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted in the beloved. It don't matter who don't accept me. It don't matter who don't like me. It don't matter who feels some kind of way about me. If I spent time walking in rooms, worried about who felt 
some kind of way about me, then I wouldn't walk into the doors. See, when we are on our way to trans transitioning to elevation, it's already uncomfortable going in new environments. Go back to when they were about to possess the land of Canaan. Everything in Canaan was supersized. I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm not playing with y'all this morning. Everything in Canaan was supersized. Everything in Canaan was bigger than anything they had ever experienced. Everything in Canaan was necessary for the next season, but it seemed unmanageable from their little eyes. But God had already gave them the land. God had already said, you're about to go and possess this land. But fear set in to the imaginable because what they were seeing looked like it was outside their capacity. Well, it was outside their capacity. Because anytime we do something that's housed in the capacity of who we are, God cannot get the glory. So God always presents us a next level that's not in our ability to obtain. Y'all ain't going to fool with me this morning. God always presents to us a next level that's not in our ability to obtain. You're not going to obtain it with your good looks, Lakeisha. You're not, you're not going to obtain it with your good credit. You're not going to obtain it by how you know. When you go into the next level and you're about to reach something, God always presents us something that's not obtainable on our own and in our own strength because he wants to get the glory. See, if he do it, Yara, in, in our strength, in our talents, in our gifts, God will welcome, welcome you into a place that you're really not known. God will have people watching you that you don't even know watching you, that's connected to the next level of your destiny. But he always presents you something, brings you to something, and gives you something that's outside your capacity. Well, the defeated me, Woo, come on, the defeated me don't live no longer. That's what you ought to write in your notes today. The defeated me don't live no longer. The defeated me will look at what God is calling me to and say, Oh, it's too great for me. It's too big for me. It don't work for me. Uh, how can I do? That's the defeated mindset. That's a self-focused mindset. That's a self-defeating thought. The victorious me, the me that understands who I am, walks in full authority knowing it ain't got to be on me because it's on God. It ain't gotta be on me because it's on God. It's not, it ain't got it ain't gotta make sense, Aunt Cheryl, because it's on God. It ain't gotta add up because because it's on God. It ain't it ain't gotta it ain't gotta look like what everybody thought because it's on God. It's not on me. I'm only showing up because I've learned that the highest form of worship is that I obey God. See, you're, it is not this. Y'all thought that was the highest form of worship. The highest, truest form of worship is that I obey God. <laughs> the highest, so I show up even if I'm afraid. I show up even if I don't understand. I show up even if it don't make sense. I show up because he is leading me and he is pulling me and he is guiding me. Why? Because my focus, I'm refocusing my thinking, not on self-defeating thoughts, 
but my focus and my thinking on a God type mindset. Let me give you this. This is where you're going to have to deal. We're going to rock through this a little bit more tomorrow. Let's go to Proverbs 3, 4, th Proverbs 3. I quote this all the time. But when you have had trust issues, see, most of the time, the trust issues we have with God is because we really don't trust ourselves. We don't trust people, but we don't trust ourselves. Because if I trusted myself, then I would not have any problem leaning into my own understanding. I wouldn't even want my understanding for this thing. Man, I wouldn't even want my, if I, if I knew to trust God above, I trust myself. I wouldn't even want my understanding for this thing. See, we all know, Juju, that our understanding are, is, is based on self-defeated thoughts and self-focus. But if I really understood the level of trust that I needed to place in the Father, I wouldn't even want to lean into my own understanding. I would. I don't even need to understand the Mac. I don't even need to wrap my mind around this. I ain't got to wrap my mind around this. You know, I need to wrap my mind around this. I don't even want to wrap my mind around this. I want to be led by the spirit. I want to feel and know the heart of God. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord. We're going to end right there. We're going to pick up tomorrow. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. <laughs> Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, submit. Woo! Come on, y'all. I'm going to give you something to read up, right, to chew on today. In all your ways, submit to him. And he's going to make your paths right. Ooh, what is it in my life, my God, that I have yet to submit? Ooh. See, when I submit, see, see, somebody, see, this is why I tell you about thoughts people play in your place in your head. Somebody has taught you that the word submit is a bad thing. So when someone teaches you the word is submit is a bad thing, right? Because I have to subject myself to a particular process. I have to subject myself to a particular treatment. I have to subject myself to a particular condition. When I subject myself, because the word submit has been played so negatively, then when it I hear that the Lord wants me to submit myself to him in a particular area, it becomes almost possible, but not realizing that submission to God always yields fruit. Bingo. 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 Submission to God always yields fruit. I don't, I don't have to understand it to submit to it when I understand because his sheep know his voice, right? Now, can I tell you this? And then I'm gone. God is about to lead you to the greatest blessing of your life. God is about to lead you to the greatest blessing of your life. God is paving a pathway for you, for your best life yet, not for your glory, for his glory. You're going to have to redirect your thoughts so that you understand his truth. Ask Lord, Lord, I need you to help me redirect my mind. Recognize that your thoughts that you've been thinking that are self-focused and self-defeating do not come from God. Have to redirect your thoughts towards the thoughts of God. You are worthy. You are worth it. You do not have to live in shame. You do not have to live according to the things that were spoken over you. You do. You do not. You get to have a new vision. You get to have a fresh start. You get to live full. You get to live big. You get to live loud. You get to live in peace. You get to live secure. You get to live sanctified. You get to live holy. You get to live set apart. You get to live as a kingdom citizen. You get to live with all the benefits. Woo! 
You get to have provision. Woo! You don't have to have just enough. You get to have provision. Woo! Can I tell you? Can I tell you something? I started confessing something, and the Lord reminded me that I had forgot this, right? And he told me one time, he said, Don't get settled satisfied with your little paycheck. He said, You I, you have always had the mindset that God can cause me to live outside my paycheck or my salary. So I had to go back to thanking the Lord. Lord, thank you that you caused me to live out what I think is coming in the house. And then I had to believe him for the doors to open to provide the way that he wanted me to live because he knows I need to be able to give and to bless people. See, I'm one of the people that I like to go in the grocery store when the person before me look like he's they struggling or even if they don't look like struggling, they just, the Lord like buy their stuff. I'm the person that likes to swipe my debit card and keep going, right? Because I know that the Lord has set us up to be a blessing in such a way. And then I got to rest in this truth that Jesus Christ, um, I'm accepted by him. I'm accepted by him. No matter what's going on in my life, I'm accepted by Jesus. No matter what's going on in your life, you accept, you are about to walk into the greatest blessing of your life. But you have to renew and change your mindset so that you don't defeat yourself and not go in. The rest of them that died outside, they died. Can I, can I tell you something? I know for a fact, part of the calling on my life is so that you don't die outside your purpose. Did you hear me? I know why I'm sent. I know why I'm sent. I know why I'm sent. I know why I'm a sent one. I'm not here for Lakeisha. I'm not here, here to make Jesus. I know that I am sent so that you don't die outside your purpose. I'm to connect to your life so that you don't die. You've been complacent too long. You've been settled too long. You achieve one thing and you think this is it. And I'm sent every day, Sharice, to remind you so that you don't die outside your purpose. That's why, I, that's why, that's why the pressure been, can I tell y'all something? The pressure been so great on my life. The pressure been so great. The last two and a half years, I have fought like hell to show up on the devotional. I have fought like hell for the last two and a half years to stay in position. But I understand, Kelly, now why? Because you guys are about to walk into the greatest season of your life. And so I had to plant and sow seeds into your future. Some of y'all been here a long time. Some of y'all that's new, you'll catch up. Y'all, I had to plant seeds in your future because what was in your mind is not your mind, is not the mind of Christ. It's not the mind of Christ, Jerrica. It's not from God. So God had to push me and reroute me, Rachel. So that I could show up and stand up in transparency. I've let y'all walk out my life with me. <laughs> I've let y'all, I've told y'all the most defeated moments of my life on purpose. There will be more to tell, Ebony. Why? Because I'm sent so that you don't die outside your purpose, April. So that you don't die outside your purpose. You're supposed to die in purpose. You are not supposed to die out side your purpose. God did not create you to be looking at what he called you to do and not walk in it. Somebody lied to you. I don't care how big the grapes are. I don't care what the territory look like. I don't care what you about to walk into. As long as you, I promise you, I gotta, I will fight for you when you can't fight for yourself. I will pray for you when you can't pray for yourself. I will believe for you when you can't believe for yourself. You are not here so that you die 
outside of your purpose. You are important. You, you matter. You are not a filthy rag and a worm. That is not a Jesus-centered mentality. And you're nothing without Christ. I'm not saying what you are. You're outside of Christ. You're everything that you are because Christ lives in you and Christ in you has created the new you. But you ain't dying outside. You ain't you ain't going to show up here on this devotion. You ain't going to be connected to me and die outside your purpose. I wish you would. I'm going to prod you. I'm going to pump you. I'm going to prick you. I'm going to stick you. I'm going to slap you if I need to. <laughs> So that you continue to walk in. I'm not, I'm not, I promise I'm not, I, I'm not. I know who I am. I know who I am. And even the hell that tried to come against me, I knew couldn't prevail because God just said, if you keep your eyes, focus on me, baby girl, you will not sink. But I'm not, I'm here to tell you that you're not going to die outside your purpose. You're not going to die, Keisha, looking at it and not ever walk into it. That that that's that's a lie. That's the lie the devil told. You're not gonna be almost almost don't count. You ain't gonna be almost there, Patricia. I don't care what age you are. You're not gonna be almost there, Jazz. You're not gonna be all almost there, um, God fear man. You're not gonna be almost there. I don't care how old you are. I don't care where you are. But you're not gonna look at it and die, not not being connected to me. Not not being connected to me. Can I tell you something? That's why the enemy fights you to get up in the morning. That's why. And then he'll tell you, don't watch the replay. Even if you don't make it at six o'clock, go get the replay. That's why the enemy, he'll make you to confuse you about something I say and think I'm pointing at you or talking to you. And I ain't even not talking to you. Most of the time I'm ministering to me. Most of the time I'm ministering. He'll make you get offended with a thought process I have because you ain't really heard what I said because the enemy scrambled it and confused it. And then you'll walk away. Not because you need me, because the Holy Spirit flowing inside of me needs to say some things to you so that you don't die outside your purpose. That's, a, that's why I'm here. So you don't die outside your purpose. I, I know who I am. So you don't die. And when my, that's why I know my, my time ain't up. I was doing something. I time my time ain't up. <laughs> I can't go nowhere yet. I still got lives that I ain't I ain't connected to and touch. You're not gonna die outside your purpose. You're gonna walk in the greatest season of your life. I love you. God loves you. I love you. God loves you. Do me a favor. I need you to go register for Pillow Talk online, right? Online. You, you know what? I'm a, I'm not gonna even, even if you're not a partner with this ministry. Kedra, drop the code October 10. You can get a 10% discount off today. Drop the code. It's October 10. You can get the 10% discount off today, and you can go register for Pillar Talk Online, virtual sessions. You can come back and watch it. Um, I'm going to give it to everybody today. Go go get registered for Pillar Talk. Um, I want you to connect. God has given us so many strategies for that weekend, and there are so there, I'm telling y'all now, the spots are limited. It's not just open up to everybody. It's a very limited space. Go, go, go get yours today. Um, go get 30 days of prayer. I love you. Two things. If the Lord places it on the heart to give, go to the ministry, lmjministries.org. You can give there. Um, second thing, I believe in Jesus. Jesus was my first start. Jesus was my new beginning. I was a hot mess. And when I accepted him as Lord and Savior, he changed my life. You do not have to be perfect to accept Jesus. Jesus is not looking for your perfectness. Some of y'all will hide and shy away from God because someone told you you couldn't be in the presence of your father. But the blood of Jesus covers you in the presence 
of a holy place. <laughs> the blood of Jesus covers you in the presence of a holy place. So I want you to keep coming. If this is for you, repeat the words after me. Dear Jesus, I'm in need of a savior. I'm asking you to come into my heart to take away my sins. I promise to love and follow you best I can. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Pray that prayer. Send us an email, info at justbeinglmj.com. We're going to send you some resources. We're going to send you some materials. I want to say this again. You're not going to die outside your purpose. I refuse. If you just show up, if you just show up, I promise you the Holy Spirit will speak words through me to you to change your perception about how God loves and feels about you so that you can have an understanding of his love and it is unmatched. There is no greater love. It is unmatched so that you can have an understanding of your love, of his love for you. And you can walk out that love and walk in the fullness of you. Y'all, tomorrow, 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 6 a.m., come here, invite your friends in. Know that I'm for you. Know that God is for you. Know that I'm believing for you. Um, know that God will be with you. He'll take you through every season of your life. I don't care what the season is. I don't care how dark the season is. I don't have to care how disconnected the season is. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. Join us tomorrow. Join us. This is a swift transition. I got some testimonies. I got some testimonies that don't even make sense in my own personal life. Not this Saturday. Next Saturday, I'm going to share them on the prayer call with our intimate group. I love you. God loves you. I love you. God loves you. I love you. But God loves you so much more. Do me a favor. Go be loved today. Let someone else experience the love of God that's inside of you. Someone won't know love until you show up. Woo! That's doing something on the inside of me. You're not going to die outside your purpose. You're not going to die outside your purpose. You're not going to die outside your purpose. You will not die outside your purpose. Come on, y'all. See y'all in the morning. Uh, peace and blessings. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.